0: related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at
1: CannabisAgenda.com. And now, your hosts, Jamie Cass and I Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. We're back again. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Moving on up. Moving on up. Wait a minute. Can I do that? Or is that against, like, uh... uh <laughs> you're blatant
0: blatant viral, violation of copyright. Yeah, before. as long as you're not walking fine. with, you know...
2: As long as you're not like, walking with your hands behind you like he did, like George Jefferson, then you're safe. What about Wheezy? What about Wheezy?
1: Hey, I'm not wheezing as much anymore, Wheezy. I'd like to know that. Doing a yeah, little better, huh? No? A little better this week. It's good. It's all good. good. Uh-huh. Moving on up. Moving on out. All the phlegm has left the house. I'm writing a good. Writing a writing a rhyme about it, ain't that something? Yo, yep. we're the Cannabis Agenda. Welcome to our show. <sighs> welcome back. <laughs> welcome back. Welcome, welcome back. Whichever one we're, we're doing. It's yeah, fun. I'm
2: glad to have so, you back too. You sound you obviously are doing much better. I can hear the energy level buzzing around over there.
1: It's a good thing. Um, some- something buzzing there's definitely something buzzing that's for sure but uh it's not me i haven't been really i i finally did get to smoke a little bit this weekend but uh i'm taking it pretty easy during uh the work day and the work week right about now um cuz i don't know it was is actually actually felt really good like other than being sick it felt really good being clear headed for a while i don't know if you know Mm-hmm. i'm sure you can relate to that jamie i know you go long periods yeah. of time without consuming cannabis uh, yeah. matt matt i don't know about you not so much
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> i don't think you're one of those people that just doesn't function properly without it there's <laughs> such a there's such a big difference between people like some people it like really really affects and i mean you know we've talked about this before on the show it gets you high but but it's also something that like you said it too. It's like for you in the morning is when you need it the absolute most, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Like typically later in the day I don't smoke nearly as much.
1: Yeah. Just tough in the morning.
0: Unless I'm, you know, like out with friends or something.
1: Ah. Aha. 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 So <clears throat> welcome back to the cannabis agenda or welcome. Um Mm-hmm. We've been doing this for about a year now. This is episode forty-nine. Next week we will be at number fifty, and we will be celebrating. Oh yeah, we will uh-huh. be celebrating. Uh, what we do here at the um, at the agenda, um, we do a bit of news deconstruction. Uh, we take some really silly media coverage of pot and break it down, and let you guys know where they're messing mm-hmm. with your minds and where they just are plain ignorant. Um, we also bring you the latest news um, that we find the most important related to policy stuff uh, throughout the world. Really, um, specifically right. though, a lot of MedPot stuff and a lot of campaign-oriented sort of stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. we're, we're at leaders in activist-tainment. We're trying to entertain activists and keep you guys, uh, give you guys a, a forum, a community to uh, to uh, to participate in, and uh, keep an ongoing uh, dialogue going via podcasts. So. Um, That's right. It's basically what we do. And what are we doing on this week's episode, Jamie?
2: All right. Well, it looks like we got a pretty fun show for us today. Um, there's a couple of email mentions we want to mention. We got a we got a fantastic uh, voicemail from Grandma Nan over in Hawaii, so we'll we'll let you hear that one real quick. Um, since he's in since he in the Southwest, we're going to start off a little bit different today. Um, what we do is we kind of look for what stories we think are most important. We're going to start off with Arizona this time. Down there, they're regulating medical marijuana more and more and more. Talk about fixing this thing. It's going to be so great. And I don't know when they're going to get to the end of it. We'll get into that a little bit more. New Mexico governor says repealing marijuana legislation is not a priority this year because she's not able to do it, uh, but she'd like to see it happen. We'll talk about that a little bit more in depthly as well. East Coast scoop. We got 18 applications filed for retail dispensaries in Rhode Island, and they're going to be checking those guys out and vetting who gets to do what. And if they have more than they can handle by the end of it all, I think they're going to put it into a little bit of a lottery. So that'd be kind of cool. Can you imagine waiting to see who gets to grow weed for a living? That's a pretty awesome proposition. New Jersey seeking for uh, growers for that's MedPot program as well. Massachusetts legislators uh, have filed reform bills. We did talk previously in another show about PPQs, those uh, proposed uh, questions for policy, and it looks like their legislators are listening to the people, perhaps anyway. Decriminalization, is it in the works in Hawaii? Hey, it looks like it might become a petty offense for up to, uh, I don't know, uh, a reasonable quantity. We'll get into the details of that. Um, with a, with a not-too-severe fine. Um, big change for the positive in Hawaii. National Spotlight's got the feds uh, threatening Oakland with their big uh, potential um, warehouse grows. So we'll uh, explain what's going on with that situation. It looks like it's getting a little bit worse than it had been. Um, They're rattling their saber as usual. Uh, additionally, the DEA busts two caregivers in Michigan. Um, Pat will uh, explain what happened with that one. Um, From the research bin, uh, we'll ask the question, uh, how dangerous is marijuana? Well, look to the credible research for that, and we'll give a story and a rundown about where to to look. Um, We'll start you off with some great suggestions from our friends over at CannabisNews.org. Um, for the nugget of today, I think we're going to talk about cannabis quality certification and medical uh, marijuana. It needs to be safe and clean. And uh, we know we have a little gentleman that's trying to get a business going um, in just that area. I don't know if this is all that good. We'll uh, discuss that a little bit more in depth.ly Cannabis etiquette for today: respect. For discretion involving weed, self self explanatory. Stick around for that one; you'll enjoy it. Um, I want to make a quick mention about uh, on the international insanity scope today? Uh, Vancouver, that's Vancouver, Canada, is taking cue from Washington State. Um, do they want to have marijuana in liquor stores? Well, the conversation has begun. We'll see where that goes. Booze, buzz, news, brand new segment. Um, today, what we're going to do with this one is feature ridiculous stories involving alcohol and try to uh, paint a clear picture about what's going on with uh, various substances. A um, walk down the green carpet. You know, that's our take on the old red carpet. Of course, this, uh, this is involving some superstars. Um, Roseanne Barr, I think, is in there. And the, the beloved Jack Nicholson, the matter-of-fact Jack, he's going to give some a heads up on what should happen with weed and the law. Uh, California update today. Um, we just want to refer, refer a couple of stories. Sometimes when we have something that are impractical, these are like 10-minute clips. We're not going to spend time playing them for you, but we'll, we'll direct you to the website. Um, topics barely worth any of our time. Well, you know, last week we had the, the, the recreational military smoker said he was smoking spice because it was legal and under his situation being in the military. Well, we got a story about the Navy cracking down on just that substance. Um, there's another new uh, segment today. It's called But Is It Sophisticated, alluding to the many numerous, numerous times when they they mention uh, pot uh, grows in in various homes or businesses, very small. Usually they're scraggly, not very well done operations, and they always seem to call them sophisticated or massive or something, you know, big magnanimous thing. And uh, rounding out the show, you've got to be kidding me. I'm going to save this one for the end of the show. It's worth sticking around for. This guy is potentially uh, the biggest knucklehead I've heard of in quite some time. And I think that's a, a hopefully somewhat humorous, if dismaying, uh, uh, end, end for the show. And we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up at that point. So sounds like a good one. And uh, so what do you think?
1: Well, that sounds like we've got an excellent show for you today. Hey, you guys can follow along um, at CannabisAgenda.com. That's the website. Uh, we are going to be making some changes on there in the future. However, right now, basically what it's got is you could go through like all 49 of the episodes. You could play them directly off of the website. You can also look at our show notes on there. So anything that we talk about, you can click on the topics and it's going to link you to stories that we're using as references for starting a discussion or whatever we read to you in the, in the show. So, all the notes are on there, all the shows are on the site. Uh, we've also got some recommended readings, that, things that we've read in the past, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, check it out. Um, uh, please, uh, anytime you got any questions, comments, ideas, criticisms, news scoops, whatever, email us mm-hmm. info You can also call 707 654 can which is C A N N, or the numbers is 2266 uh leave us a voicemail there we won't answer the phone but you can leave us a voicemail and we will play it we've got one in a second from grandma nan that we're going to play in a minute um also uh, please check us out on itunes you can subscribe there then uh, anytime we've released a new podcast it'll be automatically downloaded to your itunes player it's a really easy way to keep up with uh with um um podcasts so uh, and also mm-hmm. when you when you do check us out um on 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 iTunes, please leave us reviews. It really helps us out, so uh, review us on there. Uh, also you can follow along on uh, Twitter and Facebook. We would really appreciate it uh, if you guys are on either one of those uh, social networking sites if you would uh, um, if you you would be our friends or like us or whatever and on Facebook specifically, <laughs> if you do like us on Facebook, please uh, suggest us to your friends as well. That would be very very helpful yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let's see, we got some uh, questions and comments from listeners what's going on there this week.
2: Yeah, first a little comment from me. I got to tell you, um, I did plan to have a criminal justice professor come on. He was gonna he's gonna speak to uh, two two elements of a question. First of all, why don't more police officers speak up about policy reform, cannabis related policy reform, and and why are so many uh, so hostile against any kind of changes? And uh, we're looking forward to having him on. He's very excited. He told me he's ready to go. And unfortunately, um, it is my fault. I got a little bit overscheduled and I didn't get the uh, notice out in time for him. So we didn't want to rush him in and try to. So he'll be uh, hopefully next week. We'll, we'll feature him. Should be a good discussion. Cool. cool.
1: Looks like we got some more uh, emails with some story scoops from Shakedown Rich. Hey, man, we really appreciate it. Keep doing mm-hmm. that. We, we like it when people send us Absolutely. scoops um, and we might get to them today. It looks like we probably will. So uh, keep mm-hmm. you posted on that. We'll definitely get to him at some point. Um, oh, uh, so Grandma Nan, <laughs> Nan left us a, your voice. <laughs> Who's Grandma Nan? Who is Grandma Nan?
0: Grandma Nan is our friend. Yeah, she's our friend from Reefer Radio. From Reefer
1: Mm -hmm. Radio? Yeah. She's she's got a podcast too? She does. Mm, Cool, cool, cool. And she has some
0: advice for you regarding your pneumonia. Ah, cool. Let's listen.
3: Mm. Hi, guys. Uh, This is Grandma Nan again. This time I have a suggestion. Uh, I'm Grandma Nan from the Grandma Nan Show on Reefer Radio. I'm also on YouTubes Doc and Doll Press and i want to say that i am a functional cannabis consumer i have a blue card i'm a blue card holder that's a medical marijuana patient in the state of hawaii i'm a grower i'm a knower i'm a stower and i did cigarettes from age 9 to 55 that's 46 years i did marijuana from age 32 to 75 that's 43 years i the both of them for 20 years and I want to tell you that if I went and had an x-ray right now my lungs would be clear and let me tell you why because I learned that I had to spit now you can shit and you can piss and you can sweat and you can cough <laughs> and what's going to get rid of pneumonia first the coughing so I advise you that every time you cough you spit and if you don't you'll have pneumonia forever let me tell you, I've had pneumonia and I've had bronchial conditions ever since. And the only way I can sing for you today at age 75, when I've been smoking since I was nine, is because I learned how to spit. I will sing for you now that I am not waiting in a doctor's office to die. How do you like what I can sing now? That's like, right. you know, so I suggest. You start spitting, guy, to get rid of your phlegm and junk in your lungs, in your bronchials, in your body. You've got to get rid of the phlegm. You can't really shit it out. You can't really piss it out. You can't really sweat it out. And that's the only way to get rid of shit, right? So you have to cough it out. So go where you don't have to be listened to because I hate to cough in front of anybody. But i got to spit when I cough, and it's really hard. When I'm around other people. So I spend a lot of time alone so I can spit. <laughs> so I guarantee you oh. it works. I am handsome, hearty, healthy, and happy at 75 because I learned how to spit in my 30s. Good luck. And let me know how it goes for you. Let so me you know if that works. And I love you guys. I listen to you every single show. Just finished listening to this one now. Uh, That prompted me to call and let you know I know about pneumonia. And you asked the question, so now you got the answer. So keep smiling, boys. Love you. Bye.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Oh, yeah. So, Grandma. Grandma? So, Grandma, I uh, just want you to know that I had cups all over the house. I'm not embarrassed to spit in front of people. Mm-mm. I've been spitting since I started playing T-ball. And uh, when I cough, I spit! <laughs> nice.
2: She's Right now, she's listening going, good for you. That's a good thing. And you know what? One more thing. We were saying all the things about Grandma Nan before the clip there. And, and one more thing that I have to include there. Grandma Nan also has... Uh, a serious hug coming from me. As soon as I see her when I get to Hawaii, I'm going to make sh- make notice that I'm there, and hopefully I can meet her in person because that made my day when I heard that. That was hilarious.
1: It made my day, too, and it's true. You have to spit seriously. Once I was finally starting to get a little bit better, I emptied some of those cups. Ugh. It was gross, That's dude. Stuff yeah, here. it was like gel. It was like there's like this gel that like vibrated kind of, you know. You could like mm-hmm. see it. By, it was disgusting, the phlegm. Like I said, the phlegm is moving out, kicking it out, always kicking it out. But, hey, well, I don't think that spitting will keep you from getting emphysema or from getting, from getting lung cancer if you're – if you're already genetically pre predisposition towards getting it and you smoke or inhale a lot of toxic stuff uh, as much as you can spit as much as you want and you could still get sick i don't i don't guarantee it'll keep everybody healthy but it's definitely mm-hmm. definitely a smart smart thing to do when you're sick or you have any sort of bronchial infection you need to be spitting a lot for sure very mm-hmm. important so for the rest of the day i'm going to spit on the show. Ding.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Yep. 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 Uh
1: I haven't listened. Have you guys have you guys listened to listen to Grandma Nan yet? We gotta get her on the show sometime, I think, don't you?
2: Yeah, that would be a great idea.
1: Yeah. Hey, we really appreciate the call, Grandma Nan. And uh thank That's you for true. the advice. It's good advice for anyone that doesn't know that. You should definitely be spitting when you're sick, it's big time. Mm-hmm. Anytime you Just cough out of there. Get it out. Get it
2: out. All yeah. right on yeah, to- bless your heart the- grandma dan talk to you soon
1: thank you um on to let's see what we're going to mention a quick mention here marijuanapodcast.com again um mm-hmm. it's a it's a a site that has uh, some of the best uh, cannabis radio on the internet available. You can go there, it has all the most recent episodes that have been as they're released. It's basically through an RSS feed updated on the on that site marijuanapodcast.com. You can play shows directly from there, so it's a very uh, very cool way to uh, listen to uh, all these cool new cannabis podcasts that are out there. Um, also, big quick, we mentioned this last week, we're going to keep mentioning this until uh, until finally it it works out. and uh, We really want to, if you are in any way affiliated with a a dispensary in the state of California, please contact the show. We'd love to start a dialogue with you. Um, We'd really appreciate it. We are looking to talk with uh, cannabis dispensaries that have some sort of, you know, activists bent towards them, and we know that you're out there. Out there, we know that not all of you are big time trying to make tons and tons of money. That a lot of you guys are actually activists, and we want to start dialogue with you specifically. So please contact the show. Our email is info@cannabisagenda.com. We'd love to hear from you. All right. It looks like we are moving into the news for today. Since Cincy in the Southwest, we're starting in Arizona. It looks like uh, Arizona is uh, desperately working to figure out how to regulate their medical marijuana industry. Mm-hmm. About time. It's been years since they've started this process and uh, passed uh, Prop 203 in uh, November, and they're starting to move forward, figuring out how to get a uh, legitimate, regulated uh, medical marijuana industry. We've got two clips from it.
0: You got it.
4: Rules. There will be public comment and then changes made to these rules to improve them. When the program goes into effect, there will be about 125 marijuana dispensaries around the state. The state may use a lottery system to select among the qualified applicants. The initiative passed by voters says patients who are more than 25 miles away from a medical marijuana dispensary can grow their own. The new rules spread the dispensaries around the state to limit self growers. The draft rules also require doctors to personally sign off on applications for medical marijuana. This is what the voters voted for when they went into that booth. that said medical and our intention is to keep it medical. Our objective is to get this right up front and ensure that the folks um, getting the certifications have a true debilitating medical condition. The greatest concern of the Department of Health Services is that this medical marijuana program remains a medical program, and doesn't turn into recreational marijuana use. People working with dispensaries applaud the regulations. And, uh, I'm, I'm real hopeful now that the program Some leaves a couple tweaks here and there, but I think uh, uh, it's going to be great for, uh, for the industry here in Arizona. I think we're going to have the country's best medical marijuana program because of it. DHS still concerned about people claiming chronic pain to qualify for marijuana and mm. trying to tighten regulations on caregivers for patients. The rules are available for public comment until February 18th. There will be a series of public hearings in the week before that. DHS hopes to have this program in place by mid-April. Reporting live, Steve Kraft, Fox 10
5: News. Okay, well, that
1: story... Road. That story barely said anything other than, hmm. yes, we are tight asses, and we don't know what to do, how. We don't know how to... I don't know. I'm not... I, I what, what, did, what did, did that have any crucial information for you guys? That's explaining what's going to happen, and other than the twenty-five mile from dispensary thing, well, they,
0: they go on to discuss it with the attorney, which, uh, an attorney, which is the second clip we have here. This is the
1: second clip, okay? So this is important to the whole thing. Let's listen.
6: Uh, We were talking, of course, about the legal issues of the new medical marijuana law, Mm -hmm. and Jordan, you got us? Yes, thank you. So you were talking about the, the biggest concern right now is those that don't live close to a dispensary would then have to grow it themselves. How would we regulate that,
4: though? Yeah, is a police officer going to go
7: over there and count, and if they have more than 12 plants, going to arrest the people?
8: <laughs> this is going to put a great burden on our law enforcement community. Um, and so it's, it's difficult to say. That's exactly what will have to happen, is if someone is growing more than 12 plants, um, then they are illegally growing drugs. And if they're selling any of this to any of their friends, then they're a drug dealer. So um, the, the law is interesting in that um, law enforcement community is going to have to step it
7: up. What is the biggest concern for the health department, do you think?
8: Well, I think that one of the questions that we're going to have to look at is when do doctors decide to prescribe? I mean, Mm -hmm. the the abuse or the recreational use will only occur if doctors take a position um, that prescriptions or that recommendations are to be given in all sorts of cases. You know, college kid stubs his toe, not, you know, grandma who has um, a a really life-threatening condition.
6: Okay, and what about <laughs> those that want to open dispensaries? What What's going to happen yeah, with that? And, I mean, what are your,
4: I, and what are the qualifications if, yeah. that are
8: necessary? Well, today um, the Department of Health Services will come out with their latest draft. That's, um, they took uh, thousands of pages of public testimony, public comment, and we'll see um, what the latest draft looks like today. Then they'll go back out to the public for more comment and. and March 28th they'll come out with the final product, the final rule. Um, some of the things, you know, the, the, the Department of Health Services wants and the state and the voters probably would like to see the most well um, run uh, and probably the industry needs to see the most well run, well capitalized, um, medically necessary uh, businesses to get these 124 licenses. It's going to be a very competitive process mm. and we'll see how the Department of Health Services is going to give out those licenses today. Okay.
4: okay. Jordan Rose. Thank you so very much for Thank being you. with us. Okay. Attorney.
1: And once talk. again, Arizona gives us nothing. They
0: got their heads up their
1: asses. And uh, once that, again, the police, are, airs,
0: yes, the police are really going to have to step up here.
1: We're going to have to go make if that asshole 25 miles away from the dispensary has 13 plants. He's a drug dealer <laughs> and we're going to throw him in jail. I don't care if he's 75 years old and dying. He's a drug dealer. <laughs> No, seriously, all Arizona keeps getting fixated on instead of actually coming up with solutions on how to regulate this their program and get their program started, although right. it's going to be the best in the country, but as far as them even getting it started, they've had a lot of problem with that, and they keep they just keep worrying about this. Well, we've got to make sure that doctors don't give it away too easily. You know, the twenty four year old kid who stubs his toe or sick granny. Like it's not all for sick granny. Medical marijuana is useful for tons and tons of ailments. I understand if you want it to be a little bit tight, but you can't you can't just you can't just it's not all for just dying people. It's not. Right. It's it's I'm sorry. Um that's not realistic. Cannabis has far more medical value than that. So you got to kind of draw the line somewhere. And at some point, you're going to have to let the doctors be the deciders on the, uh, you know be the decision makers on who gets recommendations and how easy. These people have gone through very thorough sci- uh, schooling of science and then of, of, of medicine. If they believe that they have a patient in front of them that could use cannabis to their benefit, that's up to them. I say leave it alone as far as the state goes. You already, you already put in chronic, chronic issues as being an acceptable thing. So you have to let doctors decide what that is. And uh, right. I think I would move forward more on how to regulate it, how to get the dispensaries going, who's going to get the licenses. I mean, they did let us, they did let us know that if there are more than 124 qualifying, they will give the licenses out in a lottery in a lottery. That's good to know. At least we know that to start out, but I don't know as far as I'm concerned. That didn't give me a lot of information. How do you feel Jamie?
2: Um. Yeah, I feel pretty much the same way they are over fixed. They're fixated to the to the, the extreme degree where they treat it kind of like it's plutonium or some kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> radioactive substance that terrorists can make bombs out of or something. I mean, it, it's really ridiculous. I think it's a good testimony to the fact that, you know, and it's not just in Arizona. States all over are doing that, and I think also it's a, it's, a, it's a problem with the perspective or the the approach to this issue, and it, it's where they're trying to say that – and it feeds right into a lot of prohibitionist argument where they say, look, the, the, the legislators are not doctors. They should not be in our health issues. They should not be telling you what to do and when you can do it and all those things. Well, at, that's where I have a problem with the fact that they're approaching this argument from the wrong – the wrong perspective. They're saying, and I think the movement in itself is largely guilty of doing that and perpetuating that as well. They're saying this is a medical issue and we want to make it a prescription. They use the word prescription wrongly. And and you get people thinking that this is a medical issue that has to do with with practicing medicine and and those things, and that's not what they're regulating. What's really essentially happening, what the the legislature of, of various states are doing effectively is saying, listen, this is illegal right now, but we understand that there are problems that this can help, this substance can help mitigate and what we're saying, all they're saying is we're going to give you an exemption from getting arrested if you choose to do this under these particular guidelines. And they're pretty restrictive, like Illinois, New Jersey, all over the place. They're very restrictive laws. And they tell you if you fit in here then you, and your doctor, like you said, I think you're exactly right. If your doctor, you're trained medical professional that's trained to to you know he can he can give you morphine he can give you oxycontin he can give you all kinds of stuff he can give you a regimen of pain therapy that costs you a fortune and takes up a ton of your time whatever he thinks that you really need he can do that so why wouldn't he He can give you old-
1: perma boner if he wants to perma boner enough pills to keep you Erect for years if you need to. I mean, doctors can, can give do you so many drugs. Yeah, and how come? we here is what I don't understand. I mean, there is so much harmful stuff. Do you watch these commercials for the pills that are on TV and and how they read off real fast now all of the side effects and blah 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 blah. It's scary. Mm. It's bad. Yeah. If marijuana doesn't even have come close to having that many side effects. But we sit here and we nitpick on marijuana and we want to complain about who gets it. And oh, my God, we don't want someone who stubbed their toe to get marijuana. I mean, come on. It's just a fallacy. It's not even it's not even like what they need to be deciding on how it's going to be grown. Who's going to grow it? Who can grow it? Who can sell it, how it's going to be purchased, how it's going right. to be taxed, and, and who is going to have the ability to do all those things. That is what the legislator is in charge of is regulating the the industry, not like right. determining what people get. I mean, seriously, they're focused on the wrong thing. And as long as they stay focused yep. on that, they're going to end up with they're going to end up with regulatory problems because they're not focusing on the regulation. They're focusing on who gets it and who doesn't and that that's just that's just d- while they focus on that some crazy person just bought a fifth of booze just mm. happened you know it just happened let's worry about who's getting therapeutic marijuana which gives you a, a slight buzz but let's not even be concerned about who's getting wasted right now and let's not even bacardi Let's not be concerned about who's got seven prescriptions to Oxycontin this month. Let's not be too concerned about those things. It's kind of ridiculous. Okay. At the same time that this is happening, here's what's going on in Arizona as well. Uh, There is a proposed decriminalization bill, HB 2228, and it was – it is – done by Representative John Fillmore, Republican from Apache Junction, uh, and what it would do is change the possession of two o- less than two ounces to marijuana to a fine only. Um, he is concerned uh, that people's lives have been ruined by just because they decided to experiment with marijuana. A lot of times young people get permanent blemishes, and he says he doesn't want that anymore. Uh, he says it's been um, received with a lot of smiles and a lot of laughs. Uh, New York Times thinks this is a long shot in Arizona, but it is under consideration. And um, so at the same time that they're so concerned about who's going to get to use it, use it medicinally, they're talking about turning it into a one hundred dollar fine and not a not a serious blemish on your record for possession of under two ounces. Right. That's two ounces. Quit worrying about who's going to get it as medicine. Focus on regulating it first or otherwise you are guaranteed not to have the best medical marijuana program in the United
2: States. Right. You know, I'm surprised to say this, but I think perhaps the uh, Arizona uh, Republican is the voice of reason in this discussion.
1: (laughs) (coughs) Thanks, Grandma Namp. Spitting on the show today. Hey, I know that that's probably turning some of you off, but it's just going to (laughs) happen. It's important for my health. Um, What's going on in New Mexico? We got a clip of this. This uh, New Mexico governor says that repealing uh, medical marijuana legislation is not a priority in 2011. Hallelujah. Surely there's more important. She wants it to be, though. Oh, she does. But it's not for 2011 because there's other more pressing things. Let's listen to this clip. What she got to say.
7: New Mexico's medical marijuana law is staying put, at least for now. Governor Susana Martinez made it clear during her campaign she does not support allowing people with certain medical conditions to smoke pot. She thinks it makes state employees violate federal laws. But Martinez says there are more pressing issues to worry about now, like a balanced budget. So repealing is not a priority for the 2011 legislative session.
1: In other words, if we were in, if we weren't in a recession... And, right. <laughs> and we were sort of bored. Well, that's what we would spend a lot of our resources on repealing medical marijuana. <laughs> right.
2: You better believe it. What she's saying is if we could do it right now, we would. And there's other if people in their legislature that would, that agree with her. And that speaks loudly to what we were talking about. Be careful. This can go right the other way.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, and it will. It will in some states, too. We'll see it. We'll see this sort of stuff. Uh, Montana's one where I have a feeling it could go backwards on real fast, too. Going forward, moving on to the East Coast, a lot of uh, people, uh, a lot of states on the East Coast are moving forward with trying to uh, implement medical marijuana programs. It appears that uh, Rhode Island has uh, had 18 applications filed for retail dispensaries. Uh, we got a clip on this one as well.
6: State health officials want to hear from you about several applicants wanting to open compassion centers to dispense medical marijuana. 18 organizations have applied to open marijuana retail outlets, and with more than 3,000 patients in Rhode Island licensed to use pot for medicinal purposes, sales are projected to top $25 million in the next three years. The Department of Health is inviting the public to comment tomorrow on the organization's hoping to sell to patients at their headquarters on Capitol Hill at 10 a.m.
1: Ah, so. How
2: about that?
1: So they're actually considering some of these applications. It appears. Uh, What's been happening out there on the East Coast is a lot of applications have been filed for dispensaries, and a lot of these states and the states come back and say it's their unsatisfactory applications. The applicants are not actually eligible applicants, or they don't they don't fit these requirements, et cetera, et cetera. We'll see how this works out. Good luck for uh, for Rhode Island. I'm you know still. Mm-hmm. Still wary out there on the East Coast. It seems like a lot of talk about getting this stuff started. Um, similar sort of situation in, in New Jersey. New Jersey, It's been a
2: year, almost a year now since they passed their MedPot program.
1: Still nothing yeah. there.
2: You know, if nothing Arizona is there. hoping to be the best ever in the country, this New Jersey is undoubtedly the most, just the biggest train wreck possible.
1: Had a huge train wreck. This week, uh, the New Jersey Department of Health and Senior Services Uh, release new information regarding applications to grow and distribute legal marijuana under the compassionate use act, um, which was passed last year. They want at least six alternative treatment centers, Uh, their alternative treatment centers, one of their words for dispensaries. Um, And uh, the, uh, a lot of groups and uh, potential business people have been, been, Pressing um, The Department of Health and Senior Services to try and get this application process up and going um, on our site here. There are some um, you can go to our notes and you can get some links here. Uh, however, they want the they want the applications filed by Valentine's Day of this year, along with a twenty thousand um, dollar fee payment wonder how much luck they're going to have People getting people to apply with those sort of things. Uh, there's there's a link to the PDF document with the new proposed rules for the medicinal marijuana, marijuana program. You guys can check it out. Not a lot of information being passed. Probably a lot of talk. Probably not a lot of people will apply by, by the 14th of this month. It's not too far away. We'll see. I don't have a lot of hope for New Jersey.
2: Just the way I feel. Yep.
1: Just the way
2: I feel. What's it's going on? They're stuck with they're stuck with uh, Christie as a governor. That's unfortunate for those guys. But uh, He's looking more positively over in uh, Massachusetts, uh, well, you recall on the show earlier, we we said uh, after the November elections, the voters uh, put forth some what they call PPQs, and that's a public policy question. It's kind of – you can think of it kind of like a mock vote in a way where they put it out and it doesn't actually count. It doesn't change anything per se, but what it does is send, send a very distinct, very – message, way better than a a poll, I would think, because people like, well, this is what a PPQ specifically says. And it It says, shall the state representative from this district be instructed to vote in favor of, and then you enter whatever policy. Well, these were cannabis related policies and uh, in nine legislative districts around the state of uh, Massachusetts, including uh, first Franklin and the third uh, district of Hampshire. Um, they were overwhelmingly approved by the voters. Well, that's all fine and good. That just sends the message that legislators should file bills. They don't have to follow directives like that. That's up to their discretion. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it may not. But it says that if you don't do this and you're not doing what the people clearly state they want. Um, I'm happy to say that now it appears that legislators may, uh, indeed have the opportunity to turn this into law. Um, State Representative Ellen Story, a Democrat who represents the 3rd Hampshire District, has filed a bill called the Cannabis Regulation and Taxation Act. And the proposed law would legalize possession and cultivation of marijuana for personal use by adults. It would create a state cannabis control authority to regulate its legal sale and taxation. And uh, the bill – this particular bill has its genesis in earlier efforts from uh, Northampton attorney Dick Evans – so locals from Massachusetts probably be familiar with them if they've been involved with any policy at all. Um, long time, he's a longtime advocate for marijuana policy. And uh, in addition, State Senator Stan Rosenberg, he's a Democrat from Hampshire Franklin District, and Representative Frank uh, Schmizik, he's a Brooklyn uh, – Brookline Democrat, have filed in their respective chambers bills to legalize and regulate the medical use of marijuana with the pr- approval of a physician. So, um, it, you know, it remains to be seen whether or not these things will ever make it to the floor uh, for a vote. But they are starting um, they're, they're They have been put forth. So that's good news. Looks like they're following through with the people's wishes thus far. Anyway, keep an eye on that.
1: All right. East Coast mm-hmm. lot going on. We'll see what happens. Like I say, it seems like a lot of talk and banter and not a lot of action. I don't know. So we'll be Just- watching skeptically. We're very skeptical when it comes to the East Coast because there's not a lot of there's not a lot of hap. It's like talk, but nothing happens. Talk, but right. nothing happens. You know. So Hawaii, what's going on in Hawaii? We must. Uh, this uh, apparently we should have mentioned this a little while back. It looks like there's some decriminalization in the works. We got yeah, a clip for this? Yeah, totally.
9: State lawmakers are considering
6: 17 marijuana bills this session. Among them, measures to decriminalize possession of less than an ounce of the drug and to set up medical marijuana distribution centers. KITV4's Catherine Cruz has the story, new at 10.
9: If you're caught with less than an ounce of marijuana, you could get fined $100, provided lawmakers decide to change current law. The push to decriminalize the possession of a small amount of the drug is decades old. As more states go toward civil penalties, Hawaii's law enforcement agencies are standing firm against it.
7: The bill decriminalizes marijuana, but it doesn't say how we're going to treat it. Because the cases, I assume, because it's not like we're saying it's legal. We're saying it's going to be considered a, a civil matter. It's going to be given a fine. But there's still cases that are going to be investigated.
3: We feel that. Uh, we shouldn't be telling our youth that it's okay to smoke or to deal one ounce of marijuana,
8: period.
9: Those who support the measure point to studies that show the move could save the state money.
8: I think it's more of a pragmatic matter of not tying up the courts, not tying up resources, <laughs> but you are still sending a message that you, that uh, the state disapproves. Victi
9: underscored that criminal sanctions hurt young people who then can't get federal loans or jobs. Lawmakers are also weighing a plan to set up medical marijuana distribution centers, modeled after Colorado's Compassion Centers. The bill would make medical marijuana taxable. If you
4: legalize Compassion Centers overnight, you take out the black
9: market. Law enforcement agencies disagree. Catherine Cruz, KITV 4 News.
1: Hmm. Oh well. First, I got a comment. If you set up retail. If you set up retail medical marijuana operations in Hawaii, someone please hire me as a manager. I'll be happy to go there and work for thirty or forty thousand a year and just live in the sun,
2: live in flip flops. Yeah, I'm
1: mm-hmm. done with that. Sure, um, but uh, decriminalization uh, in Hawaii. I, see, the thing here is, is this is, is like it's good. Any movement, any, any, you know step we take towards decriminalization is good, but their whole thing here is it's we're sending the message that this is okay, but, it, but we still don't approve. We don't want to give... It's always about the kids. It's like, we don't want our kids to think that dealing up to an ounce of marijuana is a bad thing. Da, da. We're lying to our kids. It's not such a bad thing. Come on. What, what mm-hmm. do we got to do to get this through to these people, you know? Um, I don't know. Um, how do you feel, Jamie?
2: Well, she said, you know, we're sending the wrong message to our kids. You know, frankly, I don't think it's the government's business to tell us what message to send to our kids. I think that's the parent's job, you know, ah. and if 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 you have a problem, if your child has a problem, an emotional enough problem that's big enough to make them not listen to what you're telling them, then, then the law against cannabis is not going to make any difference except to having the potential to screw up their life more. You know, like, you know, we talk about it a billion times. So what is it, you know, a million times more than using cannabis would, you know, the the laws will mess them up, you know, many times worse than 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 their association with or affiliation with cannabis use. And it it's just it it kind of gets to where I wonder. But more and more, I'm wondering this. Don't these law don't these officers just go? You know, aren't they? They're starting to feel a little embarrassed. They're like, why are we wasting my time? I take myself seriously. I'm a police officer. I'm a professional law enforcement officer, and that's no freaking joke. You know, I carry a firearm not because it makes me cool or I got some kind of you know. John Wayne fantasies going through my head. I do this because it's part of the job and it's dead. It's deadly serious, potentially, literally deadly serious, you know, and we go out there and keep people safe. And we help this. We help our societies that we're, we're charged with protecting. You know, why have they have me running around doing this over doing all this stuff over this ridiculousness? There's, we're, I think they're sick of it. I think they're sick of it. They don't speak out, though. You know, maybe we'll broach that when we get the professor on here next week. But, but I just think it's it's. I think it's the bullshit that we get that we understand. I think the cops get it too, and they're starting to get. I think they're starting to feel silly. And if they don't, man, I don't know why. I don't know how that's possible that they wouldn't actually. I mean, can you imagine? It's like those commando guys. A lot of these guys are special operation forces, literally like special forces, American trained like global quality commandos and they're, they're running after a plant, a plant that doesn't kill people. I mean, I can understand if it's, if it's just a plant and, it, and it like four forty thousand 40,000 people a month are dying from this thing or some craziness, you know, or some like heroines killing people all over, you know, stuff like that. But for God's sake, you know, they have to feel ridiculous. So I think maybe law enforcement supports a lot of these measures, you know, yeah, I just can't, I just can't understand. What do you think about that? I can't understand what, the opposition. That's the part that puzzles me. I don't get it.
1: Well, I know that the, the I, I here's one of the things that you just made a great point on. It is the f- parents, it is the parents' job to to tell their kid to you know to to tell their kids what is good, what's not good, to press those messages. It's not the state's job to say whether or not marijuana is good. Basically, if that's what the state wants to say, well then the, hey, the state tells basically tells kids booze is fine. It's fine as long as you use it responsibly it's fine mm-hmm. almost everything is like that really i mean um right. you know like i'm not going to say hey you should be a responsible heroin user because i think right. that some i think a, a lot of people will get so addicted to heroin they it's not possible, it's not possible. for them to be responsible right. cuz it truly Apparently, is addictive it's very addictive and yeah. but 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 marijuana you can sure as hell be a responsible marijuana user and for right. for anyone in the in the government to say that that's not true it's a lie. It is a right. lie. So for them to keep saying we're trying we're not trying to tell our kids that marijuana is good. Guess what? For some people it is. That's why you have medical marijuana in your state and in 15 states around around this country and in countries right. throughout the world and that's why some of the people that run your government use it on the sly responsibly, mm-hmm. and you know as far as the the police and their support for it i don 't know I think next week we'll get a little bit more into that discussion with uh, the professor you 're going to bring on, but i don 't know I'm, as far as cops being like big vocal support agents for decriminalization. I think maybe that's what pushes it to some extent, them complaining like, oh, yeah. Hey, so so what'd you do this week? Well, I spent a lot of time writing up paperwork for minor marijuana offenses, and it kind of...
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, right? Isn't it? It's like It's like akin to maybe chasing down... We're going to start at this ordinance, and little girls have to wear a certain... Or they can't wear a certain kind of shoes. So now the officers are going to have to run down, run around, chasing down little girls... Little eight-year-olds and go stop. Oh, you have to have an audience. Are they? How are they going to look at themselves? They're going to go. I mean, how they? There's a huge culture, police culture within that that whole uh, profession and And i mean the the last thing they want to do is be the laughing stock of fellow officers How could they not be uh you know i mean they they have to look at each other and go, "What are you doing today? oh man, we we took down a couple of perps they uh carjacked this person, and you know one of them stabbed a guy, and there was a bunch of crap, and we got him. Good job, what do you do today? Oh, we went and found some marijuana plants. Oh, we busted some guy for you know a half an ounce of cannabis,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. We found this guy with a with like a half gram in a baggie and a and a pipe with a little bit of residue. Uh, it kind yeah. of smelled like marijuana in there, so maybe maybe he had smoked it, but maybe it was just because he had smoked it in the pipe a couple hours before. But either way, it was
2: important. And let's face it. Some some of them are pr- pushing that prohibitionist agenda. They've drank the Kool Aid, so to speak. Oh yeah, and they're for sure. You know, they're gonna you're gonna have that. But but truth truth be told. In their own minds and hearts, in their own experiences, I know a lot of cops that, are, that have been my friends. Some of them very, very dear, close to my friends, like almost family to me. And, and I've, I've surveyed them all, as I said before on the show. And, and they say, how, much, how many calls, how many uh, contacts, public contacts do you have that involve alcohol? And you're like, whoo, unanimously. All of them are like, whoa, a lot. Uh, domestics, oh, 80 plus percent easily. And they're the worst calls. Cops hate them. Every cop, that's their biggest fear because it's the most dangerous, the most potential for for God knows what's going to happen and and people are already predispositioned for violent attitudes because of the effects of alcoholism on people. And and they say, and then I say, well, how many have, how many of your calls that are, are public contacts involve marijuana? And they just blow it off. They just look at me like, you know, like they know that what I do and my involvement in policy reform stuff. So they know that I know the answer to that. And they're just like, really, you know, you asking me that, I mean, there isn't any problem with it. It's nonsense. They know that in the course of their duty. So why would they want to keep pursuing this other than that pro business agenda thing? And uh, it's because of the money, because of the money. Sure.
1: Sure. And here, so here's the other, here's, here's where we go wrong as a movement at this point. So we, 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 we get this message across very well when we when we compare it to alcohol and this and that. And then we go from here, where you're at, to this right. junction where we start saying, it just makes you want to sit around and watch TV and be lazy. We do right. kind of do that to ourselves. And then, so then they take that as a separate thing, right? They're like, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad, period, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. And then they'll take this other thing. It makes you lazy. It makes you a couch potato. It makes you not motivated. We've like put that on ourselves to a degree to like counteract the, at least it's nonviolent, but it makes you, we've kind of put that on ourselves to a degree that it makes you
2: lazy thing. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. I think think that accountability on our side of the movement, on our, our our side of this, uh, these issues, our positions on these issues, I think that's, That's imperative for us to be honest and still stay objective and to treat this thing uh, in a functional, honest way. We've got to be honest with ourselves, too. And some of these stigmas and crap, I mean, not, you know, not not all of it. And some in some cases, uh, most of it was perpetrated by, you know, propaganda campaigns, Henry Anslinger and all that stuff back then. But but a lot of it, I think you're exactly right. You're exactly right. We put those things on ourselves, and then we have to fight our way out of it.
1: Yep. Yep. Then we've got to come up with things like ding for functional stoners you know because like i was saying just a few minutes ago for them to try and claim that marijuana cannot be used responsibly is Mm -hmm. asinine and it's a lie and they need to get over it you know and they need to be real speaking of being real it's time to move on to the national spotlight and we got some realness from the feds it looks like Very much
2: do. Hey, before we do that, is it possible? Because I forgot this, and I don't want to neglect it because this is important. And Grandma Nan stated that she is a functional stoner, and we didn't give her a ding. Don't you think she deserves one of those? I think we're going to bring
1: her on the show and ding her if she deserves one from her. her, I've never listened to her show, so I can't give her a ding. I like – I thought she's – I think she's very sweet, and I think her advice to – to spit when you're sick and you're coughing is That's genius, helpful. very nice. helpful. And we will yeah. talk to her. And she is she is not out of getting a ding, but she's, she's claiming for the she deserves a ding. She yeah. is, yes. Gotcha. She's, she's she's a potential she's a potential ding on the show. But I think we, okay. you know, I think, I think we need to talk to her to see. But yeah, good. Yeah, Just yeah, one mention know. it. And mm-hmm. now moving
2: on to the national spotlight, as you stated, this is very serious news uh, from the Fed. And we have uh, reported on their intention. They've kind of been rattling their saber, so to speak, and, 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 and making these little threats and talks. But this thing has gotten to a little bit different uh, level at this point. Um, the Fed say um, to Oakland, you know, Oakland, we've been talking uh, on numerous occasions about their big pot warehouse. Uh, mm-hmm. Warehouses that they want to do, and uh, yeah. the Fed says, "Listen, if you do that, that would break federal law, and we will come after you if you do that." And they're saying this to the city of Oakland. Who said this? And, who um, is the, the Fed,
1: Who is the official well, that said the, it?
2: The person. Um, yeah, it was a top federal prosecutor in Northern California. Um, okay. Let's see what it's uh U.S. Attorney, Melinda Hagg. I think I think her name is Hag, but maybe I'm saying that wrong, and maybe it's partly intentional. But uh, anyway, it's H A A G. She does deserve to have her name spelled right. So there we go. Um, but so, how does a
1: U.S. attorney come after? How does how does that work? How does an attorney come after an organization like this? I mean, are they? Is she saying she's saying basically guaranteed for sure? The D DEA, the DEA's policy will be to take you down.
2: Mm-hmm well they're they're basing it off of uh off of federal law and they, what they i think what in essence what they're trying to do here is stop a, what they believe um possibly correctly since humboldt county is considering uh some similar uh factory in berkeley flow.
1: berkeley too yeah, yeah
2: yeah and i know there's probably one or two more that are all, all already considering this as an option um they want to stop that trend and in in a warning letter uh she sent to the city of Oakland. Um, she offered the first clear signal that the Justice Department would not tolerate even city-sanctioned sanct- uh, growing operations, um, despite Obama's, you know, supposedly hands-off approach to uh, legal cannabis. And this is what she said. Let me see here. Um, the department is concerned about the Oakland Ordinance's creation of a licensing scheme that permits large-scale industrial marijuana cultivation and manufacturing as it authorizes conduct contrary to federal law.
1: But all of medical marijuana in California is contrary to federal law.
2: Right. And as we've seen, they, they seem to conduct their raids kind of on their, at their own discretion. It's just, it's well, so what area. Obama
1: said was, is we won't go after anyone that is in Legitimate. is clearly following yeah. their state's laws. The issues with these big industrial plants is, is how are they going to operate as not for profits, which is what you have to do. In right. your yeah. Well,
2: see what the what the what the the kind <laughs> of point kind of contention they have here is that they're they're going to call them uh, a primary. Uh, well, like right now, hundreds of pod dispensaries um around California have operated largely free from interference from uh the authorities mm-hmm. and they do this by having their users designate that dispensary as their primary caregiver sure. and I think one of the prime biggest issues here is they're arguing whether or not these giant manufacturing warehouses could be considered a primary caregiver,
1: okay. So, so, you know, here's here's how I feel about this. It sucks for them to get busted by the feds right. for this because I don't want to see anyone get busted by the feds. I, I don't want to see anyone go down for a marijuana crime, period, unless there's something violent attached to it or there's some sort of, you know, big money scam or you're scheming people or something, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, this is one of those things where – it's like one of those big business versus small business things. And we all know, I mean, at least I'm skeptical of big business. So to some degree, it's like, this is going to help keep things kind of the same for a lot of the small business entrepreneurs in the medical marijuana industry. They're going to come and potentially shut down these big box, big and, you know, commercial industrial grows. And then all the small timers are going to get to keep on tick tocking. You don't stop it, you know? So, um, I don't know. You know, to some degree, I'm like, cool. You know, at least they won't be competition. But to another degree, I'm like, ugh, this sucks. This is just one of those things where it's like, you know, we're going to not take that step forward. And, uh, you know. I wasn't
2: too thrilled about the whole Weed Mart, you know, idea in the first place. But, yeah, we'll see. I mean. I don't know. There's pros and cons, I suppose. But yeah, my initial reaction and most of my reaction as a whole is, is just, um, come on, feds. What are you thinking? I mean, now they're trying to get the, the city organized to do this intentionally to stop all the ridiculousness that's going on around these these laws and around medical marijuana in their area. They just want to regulate it properly and, and make it more organized and streamlined to to, to stop problems.
1: Sure. <laughs> Yeah. Sure, and uh, you know the bottom line here is: don't trust what the president when it comes to marijuana. Don't trust what the president says. Don't trust trust mm-hmm. what the attorney general says. Don't depart, trust the Department of Justice or the DEA. More proof comes from Michigan. DEA hits Michigan again. They raid two caregivers: uh, Randall Darling, uh, twenty-four, and Joseph Johnson. Uh, also in his twenties, uh, they each face account of growing more than a hundred marijuana plants uh, and federal, uh, federal charges. Um, apparently, they busted this house. The DEA did confiscating more than two hundred plants. Uh, both uh, the, the, the 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 defendant's attorney says that it was legal. Um, that both are caregivers. Caregivers under Michigan law, and they both had uh, the maximum amount of patients could have seventy two plants each. Plus, there were other caregivers growing at this site so they're saying this was a completely legal grow under michigan state law and this and we are talking fairly small time thing here that the dea just Mm -hmm. busted up this is not not a large sophisticated drug cartel that we're discussing (laughs) at all very small scale and uh they were raided and charges are being pushed on them by the DEA, and uh, it is n- by no means a clear-cut case of these people not obeying Michigan law. So the D- so the policy is supposed to be that they're not going to be raiding people that are clearly in in you know under their state's laws. They're definitely making distinctions and going after certain people still. So um, you know, when we get people on here and they're like, "No, federal policy is not to da 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 da. It's bullshit." Okay. It's bullshit. Mm-hmm. DEA busts small-time growers, small-time dispensaries that are not definitely out with out of the st- of the, their state laws. So check it out if you if you want to you want the proof. It's it's all out there. So there mm-hmm. was our message there's our national spotlight. It looks like you're bringing in a research bin study today. What do we got?
2: Hey, talking about uh, that's that's a terrific segue. I don't even realize if you knew how smooth that was, actually, because that's precisely what we're about to talk about here. If you want the truth, the truth is out there. The question, how dangerous is marijuana? Well, that's that's at the center of the debate between all kinds of different forces. It's been for years and years and years and years. And the question of, of, of is it is mar- smoking marijuana dangerous? Uh, large depends on who you ask. Um, this story is from cannabisnews.org. You should know about that site already if you haven't. Check it out for sure. As you as we always state, if you hear this on our show, you can get this link right here. So even if you didn't ke- check out their their site, which I recommend, um, definitely check out this story. It doesn't have any cr- any credentials on it. So I'm assuming that their writers from the cannabisnews.org site wrote this one. And it's fantastic because they're, what they're saying here is the question of is is smoking uh, marijuana dangerous largely depends on who you ask. It depends on where they got their information, the reliability of the information, and whether or not that person is actually partook, partook in smoking uh, cannabis or using cannabis ever in their life to have some sort of basis of experience and reference to draw on. But uh, the, it, when it comes down to this question, do exactly what you just said about our last story, check it out. The information is out there. There's a preponderance of scientific information available. Uh, What you need to do to wade through it all, because you can find uh, what are considered to be credible uh, research uh, stories or research articles on both sides of any argument, pretty much. Um, so what, it, it takes a little bit more research on your behalf to make sure you detect whether or not these people have an ax to grind and who's paying their bills. If you find somebody that's largely invested in, say, the drug testing industry, and they are getting paid by a very conservative think tank that's that's very strongly pro prohibition, then there might be cause to be skeptical there and, and check them out a little bit more. But in this story, there are numerous, numerous uh, references to accurate, um, credible uh, research studies that show, um, well, they answer several questions. Does marijuana impair driving ability Well, there's a study right in there, Psychoactive Substance Use and the Risk of Motor Vehicle Accidents by K.L.L. Mulvig et al., Volume 36, Number 4. It gives the full reference for all of these studies right in there. Can marijuana cause death? Does marijuana damage the brain? Medical marijuana decreases nausea and vomiting. It has all kinds of things that say what it does, reduce or eliminate seizures, pressure from glaucoma patients in their interocular, um, all kinds of these things. Well, what, what substantiates that? What's credible information that or you know, peer-reviewed scientific research that backs that up? They're all listed in here. Not all the studies, by any means, but there's, there's examples for each one. There's credible stuff in here. So, so check out that story for sure and make sure you educate yourself before you start spouting off about what's so great about weed. Um, and with that, I think we can move right along. How do you feel?
1: I think we can go into the nugget of the day. I think that uh, when we're talking about how dangerous marijuana is, this is a good uh, this is a good segue into our nugget for today: cannabis quality certification in California. Chris mm-hmm. Van Hook or Chris Van Crook. This is a story mm-hmm. that was sent to me from. Actually, from my ex, believe it or not. And um, it's funny because we've uh, – Matt, you know about Chris Van Hook, right? You've heard of clean green certification, haven't you? I don't think so. He's from Crescent City, actually, and he is two things. He does uh, USDA certifications, anything from apples to zucchinis, Um and he includes marijuana. He cannot give you a marijuana USDA certification, though, because it's federally illegal. However, he's created his own classification. He basically does everything in, when he inspects your marijuana grow and how you guard marijuana. does a lot of the stuff to the same certifications you would need to to be USDA certified organic if you were growing a, 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 a apples or zucchini, right? Um, and uh, – So what this is about, okay, so one issue here, first of all, a lot of people are not into having someone that's connected with the feds at all coming in, taking notes on their garden, et cetera, et cetera. The other thing that Chris Van Hook is, is he's an attorney. So he says as an attorney, when he comes to inspect your marijuana grow and give you advice or give you this clean green certification that he can give you for your weed, that um, he then has attorney – client privileges with you so that your information cannot be shared with the feds. And that's why he's not giving you actual USDA. He's giving you a clean green certification. Currently in California, there's about 10 dispensaries throughout the thousands we have here that, that, uh, basically sell clean green weed and will, if you're a clean green certified grower are more likely to buy what you have because you paid him to come inspect your stuff, et cetera, et cetera. So here's what we're talking about. So. Obviously, I mean, you know, we got the issue that a lot of a lot of the weed in California market and any of the medical markets throughout the United States is grown indoors. Okay, first of all, there's issues with your your nutrients, right? Obviously, he needs to look. Someone would need to look at your nutrients and your pesticides, see what you use, make sure that the that there's nothing crazy, chemi, bad, carcinogenic that could be used improperly and then create a bad problem with your weed, i.e., this product may be a safe product if you use it correctly, but since there is this possibility you can use it incorrectly and it can really mess stuff up, you shouldn't be using it. So he looks at your products. He also looks at where your weed is grown. So think about it, right? What if you're growing medical marijuana in a house that's got lead paint? Hmm. Or formaldehyde or, right. some, or you know, asbestos or toxic mold or whatever, right? You could have problems with that, right? You could end up growing and selling yeah. a product that may be tainted with some sort of foreign substance due to your building. So he looks at where you're growing the weed, what kind of environmental problems could be around it that's another one thing it looks at like. he does not certify any grows that are generator grows meaning so any of these grow tells out there with hundreds of lights ran by generators he will not certify that if you have kids you will not certify your grow if it's connected to your house it has to be in a locked building separated from your house um, but he certifies a lot of grows. This is a new thing in California. It's a new idea. Um, I've, he's been around for a couple years now. I've visited Harborside. I've spoken specifically with Harborside's management um, about Chris Van Hook, about the clean green process. I've considered doing it in the past. I've considered recommending it to people. Um, but then how I got into the Chris Van Hook or the Chris Van Crook thing. There's a lot of people that say that this isn't really that, tedious of a process yet, that he doesn't really know enough about building and about the environment, the, the secondary environmental concerns that could be, you know, making your medical marijuana not safe. Another thing is that he, they say he doesn't actually run tissue samples, um, that it's that he, he comes one time, gives you your certification, whatever, whatever, that it's too easy that you can get a certification easily. And then you've got this thing, like you're growing clean marijuana, possibly with no follow-ups, And then you're, you know, you're just selling a product to anyone. It could be whatever you want, but they believe that it's clean green. Mm. Uh, I'd really like to get this guy on here to talk about these issues at some point. Um, This is kind of one of, you know, just a lead into a further nugget and a further interview and a further discussion on this. But cannabis quality certification. How important do you think that really is for medical marijuana, Jamie?
2: Yeah, well, I think the testing and to make sure that there's not particular amount, make sure that you're not you're not uh, put, you know, distributing something that's deleterious to people's health. You know, Um, I think that's that's smart. That's very smart. It's almost essential. Um, His approach to it and what's going on. I don't know. I have some questions like he charges an an average of eighteen hundred dollars per certification. But then, yep. like you said, how is that? It's not. It's not maintained, right? It's just once you get it, then you have yep. it, and then you're mm-hmm. good. You're considered mm-hmm. good. So what you're doing, if essentially, is you're giving him. It's like, hey, man, you wanna you want good credibility? Just pay me eighteen hundred bucks, and you're yeah. you're golden. That's which, why which, people call
1: it true organic people. And this is who yeah. I've heard it for. I don't hear it from you know rednecks that want to grow weed and they want to get away with shit. And they're not saying he's Chris Van Crook. He's, he's changing everything and making it harder for us to grow dope. No, these are from like organic, big organic people that want like real integrity in the industry. They're the ones calling him Chris Van Crook actually is from, from what I've heard. So, um, so, so, so what you just jumped on there is exactly the issue is, is it, that doesn't guarantee integrity. It guarantees that, you could have tricked him at first. It may guarantee that your building that you're growing in is somewhat safe and provides a, a safe place to grow weed, maybe. And some people say he doesn't know enough about building to, you know, he's not a building inspector. So um, so these are the issues that come up off of this. A one-time charge, hey, you pass. good. Well, then you can use whatever you want after that. Do whatever wow. you want. There's no follow-up. Seems
2: like the bottom of, kind of fell, falls out of that of credibility. its credibility. I mean, how I is think it, it's a what, good what,
1: idea, but it's not sure. quite being implemented, implemented as far as it right. needs to be to actually yeah. provide the certification and the integrity that people want when it comes to these mm-hmm. sort of things. So I think that yeah. the idea is structurally sound. I just think the implementation right. needs some work, and that there needs to be more sure. follow-up, but. That's why we, we, you know, we need to follow up with him and see what's really going yes, on from his.
2: Exactly what I was going to say. You know, we certainly don't mean to uh, Im- impugn his integrity by any no. means. We're, it's a, it's an open invite, and we'll probably try to contact him to see if he wants to come on and answer these questions. You know, to him, you know, himself. So,
1: absolutely, it's a big deal. I think this is. I think that this is something that the marijuana industry needs. You, you, <laughs> it would be nice to go into a place and be like. Everything we have here is this certification process, blah, 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 blah. This is how that process works. This is how we guarantee the integrity of that process. And so then that people that are like super crazy health conscious, just like, you know, any other sort of, you know, people that eat organic food only can have that choice too and feel good about it and feel like there is a process that has integrity and that they can trust. And I think that that's something that needs to exist. And it's good that it's starting. And uh we'll uh, we'll follow up on that in the future. Hey, it's time to, to move on to a little bit. Well, this isn't actually a very light hearted cannabis etiquette talk today, it doesn't appear. This is uh It isn't. This is one serious.
2: It, isn't. it has to do with uh well, that's a good seg from 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 Mr. Van Hook and his uh, integrity and keeping your information private. You know that's a that's a legitimate concern, and it's also our cannabis etiquette feature of the day, our focus of the day: um, respect for discretion involving cannabis. In any sense involving weed, you have to understand something. The underlying fact here, be it, you know, it should happen or not appropriate or not. You know, we all agree on what we agree on here. But the fact is cannabis is still illegal. It's illegal oh, yeah. and it can really muck up somebody's life. Somebody mm-hmm. that's probably a pretty decent person that probably has their their, their ducks in a row and they're doing good. They could be considered a valuable citizen. Um, oftentimes, these are just regular, decent people and it can screw it up. We've seen it happen tens and tens of thousands of times. Now, the point we want to make today is if you're dealing with anybody in any way, if you went to their house and they shared some cannabis and you you shared some uh, a joint with them and you did a couple bong rips, whatever the case may be,
1: or you, you bought, bought from them, that, or you know they're like, growing or whatever. Yes.
2: Absolutely, that's a good point you make. It doesn't even have to be direct person-to-person interaction. It could just be somebody that you're close with or know, and you know that they're growing cannabis, and you're not maybe not even interested in in trying cannabis. You don't know anything about weed. You know the cannabis, as far as cannabis etiquette is concerned. Respect Keep your for mouth discretion shut. is important. Yeah. <laughs> Simply put, you know, don't tell people it's not cool. That's not cool. That's a very, very serious thing because you're intentionally putting them at a much, much heightened state of of potential for, for, for damage to them, damage to their life. Do not life.
1: name drop. Do not strain drop. Do not be a loud right. mouth beasy. Keep it closed. Keep it cool. I've got a yeah. big, big big thorn with someone that does this all the time uh it is a girl and she is very talkative and i end up knowing the names of people and the strains that they have and i've never even met these people and then i meet them and it's like oh i don't say this to them but it's like oh yeah i've heard your name bunches of times i already know what kind of weed you sell oh. and grow
2: you know And that's like bad form, man. Bad form. Yeah. (laughs) Somebody shows up to your house that you've not communicated about what you're doing. And they say, dude, you get rid of those spider mites yet? I hate them suckers. That's a problem. Immediately, I you're go like, how did no, you even know that. I
1: have spider mites, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's, yeah, good that's not exam- supposed to
2: happen. And you know, a lot of times, maybe perhaps even most of the time, it's well intended. You're not trying to do anything wrong. You're just you're happy about this. You you respect these people. You like them, you know, and you think it's cool and they've got the bomb strain. And you want to tell another good, close friend about it. And so you're thinking, hey, this is my really good, close, trusted friend. That's my really good, trusted friend. So within me, you know, I'm like the lynchpin between these two, I can use that, that that's fair discretion to say, Hey, look, I, I can talk just among these people. That's not true. Anytime you, oh, you yeah. expand the awareness of any kind of cannabis activity that somebody else is involved in outside of their own control or their discretion, then that's kind of a, that's a, that's a, that's a violation of their trust. You know, oh, And right. it's really, it's really disrespectful to their, to, 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 to see your respect for them i mean it to to the to this to the essence of respect for a friend for a person for their privacy it's really it's really disrespectful to their sense of of privacy sure. and their ability to control you know the information about what they're doing you're and putting you know, them it, in
1: harm's way too i mean that's yeah. the worst part of it yeah. you're not following the golden rule dude dude what's yeah. the golden it's, what's <laughs> you we'll do to others the green Whoa, rule. What's the green rule? <laughs> You're not following yeah. the green rule. <laughs> I got right. one time. I had an issue one time. Mm-hmm. I was uh working and I was uh, around a uh, a bunch of uh guys and we were uh <clears throat> we were working and uh we started talking about something and we started talking about places that we loved. And we started talking about this one particular area way out in the boonies, population two, 300, not many people living out there. And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I spent time out there too. I love it out there. I got a friend that lives out there. I, I go out there and I go to the river and blah, 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 blah. And it's such a beautiful place. It's so far away, you know, da, 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 da. And, so, and someone goes, so, so who do you, who do you know out there? Da, 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 da. Do you know so-and-so? And I'm like, yeah, totally. I know that guy, blah, 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 whatever. And then they're like, and then this one guy's like, you're name dropping. And I'm like, what? Name dropping? I didn't say anything about anything other than we were talking about a place. We weren't talking about weed. And I'm like, you just name dropped by saying that I'm name dropping on someone. You may know him too, but I, we weren't even talking about weed. Now you're name dropping. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's like it's like one of those, like you were just saying, sometimes you're not even trying to, to do it and it can
2: happen. Right. And, and you think you 're in a private place, but around the corner, somebody that doesn 't even care about spying on you they just happen to be doing something or or i don 't know who knows what infinite infinite amount of things or reasons they could be in that vicinity within earshot, and they hear what you 're talking about that's that 's bogus practice you know that's I would get very, very upset um the one, the one single really good thing that I can I can uh, identify with not ingesting cannabis right now because of my academic pursuits, uh, is that I don't have any any closet secrets or anything you know to keep you know I don't have any security concerns in that area. That's the only good thing about it, you know. But but if if if, if I did, I would instantly have an issue with that and it wouldn't be funny and it wouldn't be casual like hey dude you know could you like maybe not mention that no that's that's bullshit i would say hey i have a problem with what you're doing and we need to talk about it right away because you're putting me in harm's way for something that i believe in and i know you and i know you believe in it too so what the hell are you doing because unfortunately under current law it's still legal and it can still really screw up my life and my situation and i take that personally that's offensive to me
1: Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. Right. Them's the
2: rules, boys and girls. Mm -hmm. Follow them. Bottom line. Use discretion. Please be respectful.
1: Yes, please. Mm -hmm. Speaking of respect, mad respect for Mark Emery. Apparently it's his birthday coming up ginormous respect. respect
2: for this guy. You better believe it. Um, this is a great thing. In, in case anybody out there was, you know, we all do it sometimes. Man, yeah, I would like to. We mentioned a, a lot of times about, you know, he really needs your support. His wife, uh, Jody, has been saying in public, look, he would <laughs> love. Das really needs to have outside contact with people, you know, that, that for his health, for his mental well-being, you know. So we report to do that. And, and some people like probably – I've said, you know what? That's a great idea. I might do that. But you never get around to actually doing it. This is the perfect opportunity. Mark's birthday is coming up. Mark Emery's birthday is coming on February 13th. He's going to be 53 years old. And he would greatly appreciate to hear from you. That would be a fantastic idea. Great, great excuse to, to write him a little, uh, some, some birthday well wishes and, uh, maybe mention, you know, that you appreciate, you know, all that he's done for, for people and speaking out and being honest and putting up with this craziness that they're throwing at him. Um, in, in doing that, and now we we have the, the, the address, and I'll read it really quick, and it'll also be posted on the site. As you're hearing this, it'll be up there uh, at the Cannabis Agenda site on CannabisAgenda.com. But before that, I want to preempt this whole thing. This is what they say on the – it's also on the uh, Cannabis Agenda – or I mean, I'm sorry, the Cannabis Culture website. That's Mark's – Mark and, and Jody Emery's website. And uh, under a little thing that says Free Mark, so you can check it out there as well. And on that site, it says this, and it's important to remember – Mail may be read by prison officials. Do not write about illegal activities or anything you feel might jeopardize your safety. There you go. Use discretion. Exercise discretion. Again,
1: yeah, exercise discretion. Again, marijuana is illegal, and you're writing to a prison where they have space for you. Remember.
2: Photo, yeah. Yes, and, they have a slot they'd love to fill with your backside. Photos are permitted. Don't send, obviously, just use common sense as well. Don't send pictures of bongs, marijuana use, or plants, or nudity, or anything illegal because it will get refused and you won't get it and it'll all be for naught. So don't do that. You're wasting everybody's time and your money and so forth. You, you can't send stamps in the mail. Um, So make sure that you know that inmates much purchase their own stamps and writing paper and envelopes and all those supplies from their commissary in the, in the joint. So don't, don't, uh, don't send that stuff. You must include a return address, um, you can use an address different from your home if you want to keep that information private and use discretion, you know, towards yourself and your own privacy. But if your letter is refused, it will be returned to the other address or thrown out if there's no return address. So make sure that you put a return address in somewhere you can get it in case it comes back to you. Um, and here's the address to write to. Write Mark Scott Emery number 40252 86 dash Unit Q pod two doctor or that's D period Ray James Correctional Institution P.O. Box 2000 Folkston, Georgia, three, one, five, three, seven. And if you're outside of the United States, uh, you know, you need to put USA underneath there so they know what that'll be on the website
1: too. That's on the show notes. So it'll be there if you guys need to go find that on there. And uh, while we're at it, if you feel feel at all like you should be doing this, please uh write your senators or write your representative your u s representative and uh ask them to um, move Mark to Canada. Uh, where he is a citizen, um, so that he can finish out the rest of his term in his own country. And while we're speaking of Canada and British British Columbia. We move on to international insanity story. A lot of cool heads from uh, from the BC area when it comes to uh, to mm-hmm. marijuana, medical marijuana, and it looks like Vancouver. Is considering selling marijuana in liquor stores? And yeah. What's this? There's Q from Washington. Yeah, we Dakota? talked about this.
0: Talked about this last week about uh, how Washington was considering. Um, oh, selling Washington, so the state, state of Washington. Not, yes.
1: Uh not not not. Oh, cause, okay, that's okay. That
0: was the part that was. Were you confused. confusing me there? Gotcha.
1: Yeah, Vancouver taking cue from Washington marijuana in liquor stores. I'm like, the feds have been considering marijuana in liquor stores. The state of Washington.
0: Washington State, yes, ah, yes, yes, yes. As we mentioned last week, uh, so and we we had this discussion about it, and um, uh, we really didn't think it was a great idea. I think is what we came to. Um, but let's see what the people in Vancouver think about it.
8: Should pot be
9: sold at government-run liquor stores? One Washington state politician says yes. This week, she tabled a bill that would make buying marijuana as easy as buying a bottle of wine. So, should we do that in B.C.? It seems everyone has an opinion. Everyone, that is, except our politicians. CTV Shannon Patterson reports. <laughs>
0: So this is what people consume when they're consuming medical marijuana.
6: Dispensaries like this one in South Vancouver are the only places to legally buy pot in both B.C. and Washington State. But Seattle grandmother Mary Lou Dickerson wants to change that.
3: I'm not kidding around when I'm doing this. I'm dead serious. This
6: week the Democratic member of Washington's House of Representatives tabled a bill that would allow state-run liquor stores to sell weed. We
3: need to regulate it, get it out of the
6: hands of criminals, and drug cartels and uh, tax it. Marijuana alongside the Merlot. So, what do Vancouverites think?
0: Hot at the liquor store. Hot at the liquor store. Well, why not? If it'll take the uh, profit out of it for the, for the bad guys.
5: Take the money away from the criminals and give it back to the government. And then we don't have to give them so many taxes, maybe.
0: The amount of money that we would mm-hmm. earn is probably in the neighbourhood of $1.4 billion. That's the most, uh, uh, the kind of the best guess estimate on the tax revenue and savings for the province of British Columbia.
6: So where would the liquor stores get their pot? Well, under the Washington State proposal, the Liquor Control Board would issue licences to commercial growers. And most of the profits would go towards health care, and substance abuse programs.
2: I think that's a great idea.
6: That should be fine. Every single person we spoke to liked the idea. So we took it to the two front runners in the race to be premier. Kevin Falcon refused to comment. And Christy Clark? You know, selling marijuana at government liquor stores
8: pretty far down the agenda.
0: It really does surprise me that when you have a, a, an overwhelming majority of the population, at a minimum 64% of British Columbians want this legalized, that politicians would be so terrified to talk about it.
6: But the people are talking, and some of them would be buying
0: it. All in one spot, one-stop shop. Yeah. So
6: you'd take advantage? I would. For now, at least, he'll have to get his pot somewhere else. Shannon Patterson, CTV News, Vancouver.
1: Okay, so like I said, ultimately, I don't think it's a bad idea. I think that marijuana should be normalized to the point to where it can be sold in a liquor store or in a grocery store or wherever. But I think for economic reasons, it's better to keep it separate at first while it's a booming industry and it's, like, special. You know what I mean? Like, then you can, like, you can make so much of the money off of it instead of just like, oh, now it's at Safeway. Now it's in Kroger. Now it's in whatever, Save Mart or Ralph's or Albertson's or these liquor stores or whatever. Like keep it separate at first for a while to make it this special thing, you know, while it's like still like so new and the infancy, infancy of it's like legal like, you know, it being a legal product, you can really extract all the money from it and all of the, you know, the, the give as much of that benefit to to everyone, basically, by being separate. Ultimately, I don't think it being sold in the same place as bread or cigarettes or booze or magazines or nudie magazines or, you know, lotion or whatever is such a bad idea. Just that, that's my stance on it. I don't know if if, if I got that through last
2: week. Um. What do you think? I hate it. I think it sucks, and I think that they should keep it out of and away from liquor in every way possible. I think for many reasons. I don't think the uh, the association is good or proper. I think that after the fact, way down the road, when it's more of a non-issue and cannabis has been readily available for a long time, then it's just a, just another venue for them to sell that. That might be a different story. Barring that, I think it's a horrible idea. Personally, um, just my opinion. I don't think that they should even uh, go down this road to begin with. And furthermore, one of the biggest concerns I have is that 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 would tempt to uh, tend to promote the the use of both substances. And I don't know what opinion general opinion is on this, but. I'm telling you, there's, there's two different directions that these substances are pulling you in. And you can drink and you can do and you can use cannabis and they have their own whatever and, you know. But well, what about, about like booze in a grocery store? Them, what, about, I think, what
1: about booze in a grocery store? So you shouldn't be able to buy booze and bread in the same
2: place? Um, I mean, is it sure? Good I don't think you? they should be near each other. I mean, if, if if cannabis is in a liquor store, then then the weed is already near the booze because it's a booze store. And you know what liquor stores, they don't have like the bread aisle and this aisle and that. Sure, they aisle do. And, Some of
1: them do. Yeah, they, yeah, do. That's they do. That's not, not true. Not so just, whatever. whatever. Some of them sell weedies and milk yeah. and water yeah. and, 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 and gum a, with, and cigarettes and lottery and, and motor oil yeah. and scissors and funnels. But
2: and, and, that's not what know. people go to the liquor store for. They go there for booze. In well, newspapers. Yeah, in newspapers, right. In magazines.
1: I mean, you know, I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying like like ultimately, like, you know, it's about so to so now we gotta start okay, so now we gotta start being conscious of where things are sold and how close they are to other products. So if you've got yeah. booze in your grocery store, it better be at least six aisles away from the condoms because we do not want you to think that you should be getting drunk and having
2: sex. But Even first though that's it didn't say anything about grocery stores. Not even, not even did it not mention them, but it didn't say that it would be allowed. The whole specific question here was liquor stores specifically. And furthermore, I didn't notice that it said anything about regulating liquor, liquor uh, boards or whatever they call their control scheme for, for liquor there. I don't, they didn't say that that entity was going to be controlling or regulating cannabis and cannabis right. law. It just said that they will be able to sell it in liquor stores. These are just discussions,
1: it appears at this point. There's no real movement towards making this happen in Washington State or in Vancouver, it doesn't appear. They're both, it's just, they're just discussions, it seems like to me. I don't know. Isn't that what that seemed like to you?
2: Um yeah this one did. The other one was based on some pending legislation where that's what they want to do. <laughs> that's how it would work if it for, were it to be approved the the Washington state legislation that that's that's pending. That would be that would that would set that up in that way. And the, but theirs is different. Their specifically says in Washington state it specifically says that, that the alcohol control board would regulate cannabis. And mm-hmm. that I'm absolutely adamantly opposed to. I think that's the worst idea ever.
5: Mm-hmm. But, you know, same that's my that, opinion. I
2: don't think it's all opinion mm-hmm. either. I think there's a lot of uh, objectivity to that, that perspective that I have. But I think that, you know, beyond that, that's that's definitely my opinion. I, that's just how I feel. I hope that that doesn't happen. I really, really hope that that doesn't happen.
1: I don't think it's something that should happen in the infancy of the of, of marijuana legalization. I don't um, not liquor stores um, because, yeah for this, you know, for economic reasons and for reasons, you know, like you're saying of it being associated too closely with booze. Speaking of booze, we're going to run a new segment now while we're talking about booze stores. We're going to run the booze buzz news. And I've been wanting to do this segment for a while. Uh, We might run it weekly. Um, it's going to take a lot of help from you guys out there, the listeners. So please email us any ideas you have this infocannabisagenda.com. What we're doing is we're scooping booze stories to relate to you how crazy it is that alcohol is legal and marijuana is not today. We're going to run dude. Where's my car? Um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> drunken tycoon Glenn Knowles, um, was, uh, uh, just acquitted, of insurance fraud. Um, He got really, really hammered one night. Him and uh, his co-owner, Richard Mont, reported their $200,000 Lamborghini as stolen because Glenn Knowles, at one point, uh, the night night before, uh, got really, really drunk and drove it to one place. And then he believes he was driving it drunk again and drove it to another place. And then he knows he didn't bring it home because he came home in a cab. But then they could not remember where they left their $200,000 uh, Lamborghini. So they searched for it. Once they couldn't find it, they filed a insurance claim saying it was stolen. Then the car was found. And they were um, charged with uh, insurance fraud. However, they were acquitted. And the jury accepted his story that he had become so drunk that he forgot where he parked his Lamborghini. And apparently this is not the first time this has happened to him. He once lost a really expensive Mercedes in a drunken haze too. that is your booze news for the day. Dun, dun, dun. Wow. Right. Dude, where's my car? They totally make dude. Where's my car? Seem like it's the movie that gets Uh. stoners that lost their car. Stoners aren't going to get so messed up that they've, permanently forget where their car is maybe they'll kind of get lost in the parking lot trying to find it but they'll find it Mm -hmm. only only in a drunken drunken live you know drunk to bolivian phase will you actually forget completely Mm -hmm. where your car is i mean you know that's that's pretty bad dude that's especially one that costs more than most people's house we're talking about a two hundred thousand dollar car. Wow! Let's move on to some other rich other rich people. Since we're talking rich people, we're gonna do a walk a,
2: down uh, the green carpet. Yeah, it's been a while. We're gonna be pretty quick I with like today's
1: this. walk down the green down the green part uh, down the green carpet. Um, we got Roseanne Barr praises marijuana in her new book. Uh, as you all know, Roseanne, Roseanne, she uh, has written a new book called "Roseanarchy: Dispatches from the Nut Farm." And uh, in this book, she claims that pot is, quote, the only drug that should be legal. In fact, it should be mandatory. I'm sorry, mandatory. She also reveals, quote, I'd stopped smoking the herb of God of the goddess that had forever kept me balanced enough to become successful and rich in order to support my then husband's Tom Arnold's sobriety. And that led to massive bipolar troubles that were all capped off with tons of psychiatrists and psychiatric drugs none of which helped me with my problems at all in face. They made them worse. So Roseanne is now coming out and telling the world that marijuana is the best drug for her. It's the only one that should be legal and mandatory. And that it help keeps her as sane as, as, sane as Roseanne can possibly be. So another actor just came out, Jack Nicholson and uh, said um, in a recent interview that uh, is he's he's had a long silence on marijuana, but 73 year old Jack Nicholson just revealed that he still smokes pot. He said, quote, I don't tend to say this publicly, but we can see it's a curative thing. The narcotics industry is enormous. It funds terrorism. And this is a huge problem in America fuels foreign gangs. More than 85 percent of men incarcerated in America are on drug related offenses. It costs $40,000 a year to for every prisoner. If they were really serious about the economy, there would be a sensible discussion about legalization. So that is your, your walk down the green carpet today and uh, uh, just a quick mention of two actors supporting legalization,
2: marijuana. From, from no nonsense, Jack. See, listen, feds, respect your elders. Respect
1: your elders, people. Uh, we're going to do a California update, too. Got a respect your elders thing here. This is uh, Montel Williams. Uh, you know, all know Montel.
5: Ooh, ooh,
1: ooh. Wait, is that Montel? No, that's that was that, Arsenio. That's Arsenio. Montel doesn't whoop, whoop, whoop. Montel did this more serious daytime, somewhat Oprah-type stuff back in the day. And does he have MS? Is that what he has? Mm-hmm. Is MS, it is, yeah. and he is a big proponent of medical marijuana. Well, he testified in front of the LA City Council in regards to their ordinances and their their their, their stances on medical marijuana. It's a ten minute clip, so we're just mentioning it. Um, we're not going to play it on here, but you can link up on our uh, website. And uh, you can play it from there if you have interest. Also, a group of uh, very educated activists uh, testify before the San Diego City Council on their, their stances on medical marijuana, which has been pretty harsh over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another long clip um, that you can link to on our site in the California update section for the show. And check out if you want to as well. But that's the, the California news for today. Uh, cool. we got, I
2: haven't, uh, I haven't seen that. I haven't listened to that San Diego clip yet. So I'll, I'll be interested in checking that one out myself.
1: Um, we've got a topic barely worth any of our time. We spend way too much time on spice last week. We got an, uh, email, um, from, uh, recreational military smoker who has been all over the world and consumed cannabis all over the world and was basically writing us high on spice. He said, uh, which is a synthetic mm-hmm. marijuana. And he was, uh, He was kind of saying, you know, spice uh, is the best way for for people in the military that want to smoke weed to use weed. And we were kind of – we we weren't agreeing because we do not support synthetic marijuana at this show. We don't. We're not going to advertise for it. We're not going to support it. Uh, We believe in real weed. However, what were we saying? We're saying we understand if you're trying – you know, you're in the military like this situation. Right. Uh, using something like this. Well, I got bad news for you, um, recreational uh, military smoker. It appears that uh, the Navy has started to crack down on spice use. In the last four months, the Navy has discharged 150 sailors for possessing spice Uh, Yeah, they um, on on uh, Thursday, they said 16 sailors on the USS Baton in Norfolk, Virginia, were busted, even though in Virginia it's legal and they will be they will be discharged. Um, They said those discharged were either caught with spice or another word for it is K2 um, Mm -hmm. or uh, during room inspections or they were ratted out by other sailors. Um, So it appears that the military is starting to take a stance on spice and K2 and synthetic marijuana. So it may not be your fail-safe method of getting high anymore. Just to let you know. But is it sophisticated?
0: <laughs> All right. So, yeah, we decided to create a new segment for this one because we normally just put them in the, you know, in their geographical region. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, you know, these grow stories, you know, about the sophisticated grow operations and everything.
1: <laughs>
0: I think they deserve their own section,
1: A little mm-hmm. news deconstruction section, right? That's yeah. what we're doing here. So,
0: mm-hmm. you know, I, the the links to the stories are on here. I wish, I wish, uh, you know, sometimes that we could show video on the show because you have to see these grow rooms. You know, they're 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 small things. You know, they're they're anything but sophisticated. But um, the the way they talk about them is just ridiculous. So um, we got that first clip here. It's from uh, North Carolina.
9: Police arrested two people on the Outer Banks after a large-scale drug bust. Officials seized more than 200 marijuana plants from two homes in Southern Shores and Rodanthe today. Only 13 news was there as police cuffed the alleged drug dealers. Philip Townsend has more from Dare County.
7: Tucked away in a nice neighborhood in Southern Shores is a home you wouldn't think twice about.
4: It's not expected to be in these areas, so it's a lot easier to move into a spot like this. Space is but all hidden out.
7: inside a trap door in the home is a massive drug operation. It's one of two Whoa. homes these alleged dealers had been growing marijuana out of until Dare County deputies arrested them on Thursday. Investigators say they've found more than 200 plants at the two locations. This narcotics official's identity must be concealed because of other undercover operations. Of
4: course, we have an individual who's, who has a whole separate house to grow marijuana, and then a residence that they're living in, they're also growing marijuana. It's a pretty pretty large-scale operation.
7: Growing lights, transformers, even a filtration system to keep the smell away from neighbors was all tucked into this room that used to be a garage in the home off Holly Trail. Even more plants and similar tools were found at the second location in Rodanthe. It's
4: highly important, you know, this, this is affecting all of Dare County and the fact that this marijuana grow could be out to a number of people, including children.
7: A drug bust this size doesn't happen often in the region, but investigators want to send a clear message to anyone thinking about selling drugs in the area.
4: We hope to take this one and, and every one of them out of here and, and everything we can do to help everyone.
7: And investigators say they're dealing with around 40 dollars to $50,000 of marijuana at this location. And again, this is the smaller of the two operations. Reporting in Southern Shores, Philip Townsend, 13 News.
1: Oh, my God. Forty or $50,000 worth of marijuana. They There's probably, no expenses
0: involved in this sort of thing. Yeah, they probably spent more on the operation to bust the $40,000 worth of marijuana than the marijuana that they found. This
1: this is massive, dude. Massive. <laughs> your kids could be smoking this shit. Are you yeah, listening? You,
2: saw, you caught the gratuitous mention of your children's safety. If, if, you don't,
1: if you don't mention that, you're not scaring the piss out of people. Hey. Right. They even had an advanced filtration system <laughs> to, to 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 stop the odor from escaping. Okay, this is supposed to be a garage, people—a garage. It was
0: formerly a garage.
1: Formerly, this this is the room formerly known as garage.
0: <laughs> you got to hear this next one though, because it's it's an even smaller grow, but um, it's not a it's not a news story. It's it's an interview with um, someone who's on the police force who uh, who took it down.
5: Great. <laughs> yeah. Out to that home, but they were investigating a separate case unrelated to the search warrant was signed and obtained. Roughly around 8:30 in the evening, they went and executed that search warrant on the home at 120 North Pine Street. When the officers got to the home, um, as they proceeded inside, they initially found some small amounts of loose marijuana throughout the first floor of the home, as well as some paraphernalia. And then they began to execute the search warrant on the second floor. And it was in the front room of the second floor that they found this marijuana grow operation. There was approximately nine potted plants, uh, oh. with each plant being at least three feet or more under this uh, setup system that they had with uh, various lighting, of, uh, suspended light that was coming from a ceiling, as well as some um, water filtration and uh, air filtration systems that were uh, set up inside. In some of the photos that you've seen, you could see that uh, the windows were taped off and um, basically to manifest the best lighting conditions for a grill operation. That's very common in a lot of your um, marijuana operations like that. Uh. Uh, The setup that they had there, Mm -hmm. you could see where they had each plant was characterized by a unique uh, identification to tell you, I guess, which type of hybrid marijuana it might be, and uh, a, a number of other things. You could see the, the cooling system. They had other items, I guess, as the staging process of the growth went along, that they had um, temperature control uh, devices there, such as mobile air conditioning. and Oh, uh, my God. Some other <laughs> potted plants where, I guess, they had gone along with their maturation process. In addition to uh, the drugs and drug paraphernalia that were seized from the home. We also uh, seized a number of uh, e- high-end expensive items that we believe uh, were purchased with proceeds um, uh, that could have come from this marijuana Because they
4: were making uh, so much fucking money! System.
5: So Some of those <laughs> include uh, flat-screen TVs, uh, computer equipment, oh. and other electronic-type equipment. And maybe the uh, district attorney's office will also be looking into the possibility of possibly seizing other assets like automobiles or homes, or something like that. What? Whether it's for personal use or for their own, like automobiles and or
0: homes or something like be,
5: that,
1: or
0: whatever the fuck house, we want to take from them because we can get were, our
5: hands on.
1: Because we get to keep we're part of it.
5: them with those charges
1: that's listed in this case. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're idiots. Uh, yeah. Um, even the brokest college kids you know have Wii's and flat screen TVs and computers. Come on, come on. We're seriously. We're, they're talking about like a pound per grow. Grow. It sounds like to me. Maybe two if they're killing it. Nine plants. Nine th- uh, up three foot plant plants. Plant. <laughs> three whole feet, dude. And they had they had a advanced system of labeling each plant. Oh <laughs> yeah. To keep up with what type of hybrid. It was. (laughs) They also had water filtration systems and air filtration systems Mm. Uh, and and environmental control. They, these people, not only did they, I mean, you know, we wouldn't be complaining if all they were doing was just throwing plants in their closet with lights. But because they're trying to do it right, it makes it even worse. This
2: is the room formerly known
1: as a closet. And now... It's a grow operation. God, a sophisticated one at that. And they're making so much money. Oh, mm-hmm. It could affect your children. Serious stuff here. I am the officer in charge of this operation. I was in charge of getting all of the information to be able to bust these people. It was a lot of hard work. Sounds like George Bush. Hard work. It was real hard work. Tough, mm-hmm. tough stuff. Huh. Tough stuff. Jeez, these poor people. And in the meantime, someone was probably selling crack right down the street, and some drunk asshole probably wrecked his car into your cop car while you were serving this warrant. Mm -hmm. And uh, somebody's robbing
2: somebody's house.
1: Somebody's robbing somebody. Uh, Yeah. Sexual assaults. Uh, mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. All sorts of
2: punched in the nugget.
1: This was serious stuff, y'all. That's man, great one. (sighs) Oh, that's where we're at in America. But man, we've got so far to go. We do. We got a long way to go. Guess what, y'all? Episode 50 is next. Next week. Episode number 50 Uh of the Cannabis Agenda. Wow. It's a lot of episodes. Jeez, hope to do hundreds more. We really do. But it's all up to you what we do here. We really, really appreciate everything that you put into the show. All the questions, all the comments, everyone that listens. We love you guys. How are we doing? Hey, let us know. Send us some more. St-
2: hey, yo. Can I say something real quick? No. Um, <laughs> international listeners, definitely ah. interested in hearing from you guys as well. So definitely let us know what's going on.
1: Oh, 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 oh dude, dude, dude. We almost skipped over a story. We had another good one. Uh, we've got to, You've got to be kidding me. You want to do that one real quick?
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Fantastic. Yeah. You know, I wanted to preface this really quick and say, you know, if this gentleman has any kind of uh, serious mental condition or some kind of problems with him, um, aside from, you know, barring huffing pain or something intentional like that, uh, you know, we apologize and we're not trying to make fun of the guy. But in all of the stories I've read and the coverage of this, I've never seen anything to that effect. He looks like a typical guy to me with one exception. And you know what that is? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think I <laughs>
1: ca- caught wind of this. This is one. Of the sh- this is Shakedown's story. He sent us. I think.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to thank uh, Shakedown Ridge for sending this story off uh, um, before we get rolling with it. And uh, let's just let's just t- play this clip. This guy calls the nine one one dispatcher to ask her questions about getting in trouble for growing pot. Nine one
7: one. What's the location of your emergency? Uh, let's not get into that yet. I have a question. Is this an emergency, sir? Depends. Well, no, not really. If it's not an emergency, you don't call 911, sir? Well, I have a, que- a legal question. Well, it's not an, is, is this an emergency? I, I don't know what that means. Is it life-threatening or no. an active crime in progress? Crime in progress, possibly. What's going on? I was just growing some marijuana. I was just wondering what the how much, you know, trouble you can get into for one plant. You're growing marijuana and you want to know how much, depends on how big the plant is. It's only
1: a seedling. It's just giving advice.
7: No, it's possession. Okay. You can get pinched for a roach in a car. Okay. All right. Thanks for the info. You're welcome.
2: Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, you have got to be kidding me. (laughs) You've got to be kidding me. This guy is a presidential candidate for the Knuckleheads R Us Foundation. For sure. Well, as you can probably imagine, subsequently police did show up at his house since they easily traced the phone call to his address. And when narcotics officers arrived there, He told them that he had spent a lot of money online buying everything he needed to grow marijuana. He had one small plant at his home. I wonder if that was considered sophisticated. Um, Along with some seeds and equipment for growing, the police said as well. Um, He also had drug paraphernalia for his personal use. Ooh, that's a danger to your kids. But they got him, and they took him in, and he was uh, brought to Farmington Police Headquarters where he lives, um, where he was released on a $5,000 bond. So... That's kind of humorous in a way, but oh, my God, what was this guy thinking? This is a textbook case of what not to do. For sure. What a
1: moron. What a moron. <laughs> Sorry. Uh.
2: You know, I mean, I don't a think possible crime
1: be... <laughs> in progress is possible. possible. Right.
2: <laughs> I don't think anybody and we all agree on this. Nobody should get arrested at all for for their affiliation with cannabis, you know? But if anybody in the world ever was a pretty decent candidate for getting arrested, whew,
1: wow. discretion it's man. Follow the discret- green rule. <laughs>
2: Yeah, use it on yourself, too. Dude, so, yeah,.: yeah. Green rule. <laughs> That is the first
1: rule. Don't incriminate yourself, <laughs> Moron. on Ooh. that note. We will see you guys at episode number 50 next week. Thank mm. you so much for participating in this community. Email us with any questions, comments, criticisms. anything you got, send it to us. Info at CannabisAgenda.com. You can check out our website, CannabisAgenda.com. There you can look at the notes for the show. You can click on any of the stories that we covered today. Um, Also, we got the link on there for uh, Mark Emery's uh, address to mail him something for his birthday. Call us, 707-654-CANN, C-A-N-N, which is 2266. (coughs) Ah, And don't forget to spit when you're sick mm-hmm. every cough it's important stuff seriously and um it's, it's working for me i got a nice cup going on from this show and uh you can follow us on itunes um please subscribe there and when the show will be automatically down to downloaded to your player when it's available easy way to follow along you can please leave us reviews there on itunes that'd be very helpful also check us out on twitter and facebook and uh suggest us to your friends on facebook if you'd like episode 50 coming next y'all thank you so much for uh, helping us with the success of this show Uh, until next time peace and pot
2: absolutely we love you see you next week
0: Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis related news and informed discussion. We podcast for an hour every Monday covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market related information. You can follow online with us at cannabisagenda.com.